to meet you. Welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Oak. People affectionately refer to me as the Pokemon Professor. This world is inhabited far and wide by creatures called Pokemon. For some people, Pokemon are pets. Others use them for battling. As for myself, I study Pokemon as a profession. But first, tell me a little about yourself. Now tell me, do you think Lost is a good TV show or a bad one? Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues, a podcast about whether or not Lost is a good TV show. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And we're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 7, Not in Portland, the first Juliet episode. Uh, Emma, how are we feeling about this episode? Loved it. 10 out of 10. Me too. That's what I fully agree. I'm, I was so stoked uh, to be doing this one. I really love this episode. I love seeing Ben as like a Lex Luthor super villain. Yes. <laughs> and just Juliet's relationship with Ben playing out with like her relationship with her ex. It's just, it's perfect. I like, that's what I want out of every lost episode where the flashbacks are just perfectly lining up with everything that you're seeing on the island. Yes. It, it's, um, it's very funny. Ben is in maybe the least flattering position a person yeah. can be in. <laughs> so, uh, props to Michael Emerson on that one. Um, uh, yeah, I thought the, I thought the flashbacks were really good. All the stuff on, uh, the island is good, and as compared to last week's episode, where it kind of just did, it had Kate flashbacks, but didn't feel like a Kate episode, this feels like a Juliet episode, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, really great. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, yeah, and speaking of Kate, we get some of the old Kate back this episode. Yeah, yeah, she cute. actually uh, does some stuff for herself, which is cool. Yeah. And, she, um, I mean, obviously, she does cry at some point, but she doesn't cry throughout every scene, which right. I think is neat. Um, <laughs> uh, well, let's let's get into it. Uh, this episode was written by Carlton Cuse and uh, Jeff Pinkner, who we have seen before he did The Glass Ballerina. So, um, maybe just, a uh, more fun with this character. I don't know. Cause I remember not liking the glass ballerina yeah. at all. Uh, but this, uh, uh, this episode I thought was, uh, really wonderful. And it's directed by Stephen Williams and it aired February 7th, 2007, which is why, uh, in the first on Island scenes that we get, uh, um, you'll notice there's a bit of a recap uh, because it has been, like, what is that, three months since their last episode? Um, the last one was in mid-November, and then this one is uh, uh, beginning of February of the next year. Um, and I believe we begin in a flashback. We do, yes. Um, okay, uh, so it was hard to tell if it was a flashback at first. Right. Um, but I think I think they well, did a really good job with that. Yes. I will say that that is definitely a Miami beach. Or not a Miami beach compared to... Like, it's so obviously is a tropical beach. It's got the... Um, it doesn't feel like it's a Miami beach at all. Which it's is why like I was confused. It's not five cruise ships in the distance. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Waiting to board passengers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um... So yes, it starts on a beach and Juliet is looking teary-eyed, staring at the water, uh, and she has like a black leather case she's carrying with her. And um, then she gets up and she, uh, we see her again walking through the halls of, I thought it was the compound at first, but it, not the case. Yeah. Um, it's just a bad living situation. Yeah. Yes. Like a prison-like apartment building. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'd live in a bunker if it was cheap. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, why Beach not? Beachfront bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, and she passes Ethan, who mm-hmm. smiles at her like a serial killer. Um, <laughs> and then she gets to her room, uh, still holding the the leather bag, and takes the needle off of a record that was playing. Uh, when she sits down next to a woman who looks like she's probably going through chemo, they never say it uh, really. No, but, but definitely implied. Yeah. Um, 
In the leather pouch is medication that she fills a syringe with. And as she's doing this, the woman wakes up and they kind of have a cute back and forth. Uh, Juliet Mm -hmm. kind of pokes fun at her for falling asleep with the the candles um, on. And she, as she fills the syringe, she says that they don't have to keep doing this. And the woman asks her if she's saying that because she doesn't think it will work or if it's because she doesn't want to find out if it will. So very ominous and mysterious. Um, Juliet gives her the shot while the other woman whimpers. Uh, Hulu did a really good job of capturing that in the captions. Um, (laughs) And we find out that it's Juliet's sister. And Juliet tells her that she doesn't like that she's living alone. And her sister says that she likes living on the beach. Uh, when Julia says, well, we're in Miami, everything's on the beach and opens the window curtain and it turns out they're in the States. Yeah, which is uh, not true, by the way, of Miami. There is uh, plenty of uh, terrible areas that are not yes. near the beach at all. I, If it was me, I don't know. I, I think I'd stay on the beach, too. Now, I will say, I think they have pretty good chemistry, even though um, uh, Rachel is not in this episode very much. Um, but, uh, I did want to point out, so she is played by Robin Weigart, um, I, or however that's pronounced, I guess. Um, and she, uh, she really does not have much of a, she, she's in this episode, um, I think for only two flashbacks, right? Isn't she only in one more? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so she's, she, they don't give her a ton to do in this, although I think she does a good job. But she is in Deadwood, which I know we have, or I, not we, I for sure have talked about a bunch in uh, over the course of this podcast. And I wanted, I just want to say this. Uh, Deadwood has some absolutely incredible performances from like Timothy Oliphant uh, playing Seth Bullock or Ian McShane playing Al Swearingen or Brad Dorif playing Doc Cochran. Uh, they're all like really good, like world-class performances. And I think that on Deadwood, uh, Robin Weigart, who plays Calamity Jane, gives, like, a, the absolute best performance. She's so good on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a rewatch recently, and I, I kind of had forgotten how... Because she's not really a main character on the show, she's so good in it, though. Like, it's genuinely really impressive. When she's wasted and finds the sick guy in the woods... Yes. She's trying to drop off. It's, oh my yeah. god. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's so good. she's like the perfect amount of like funny and kind of pathetic mm-hmm. and like self hating and it's just oh man, she's so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Um back on uh present day in the uh the adjunct island, I guess, uh uh, we're back in the OR. We kind of just get a recap of the conversation that happened at the last, at the end of the last episode. Like I said, I think mostly just because they want to catch people up who maybe uh, didn't, can't remember from three months ago. Uh, um, Tom tells Juliet to stitch Ben up uh, so that Jack's plan doesn't work. But Jack says, well, she's not a surgeon. She can't do it. And she says, yeah, I can't, I can't do it. Um Meanwhile, uh, after the walkie-talkie conversation, Kate and Sawyer immediately just beat up Pickett and the other faceless guy that's with him. Um, Sawyer ke- slams his head into the uh, the uh, fish biscuit button a bunch, which is fairly cathartic. Um, and then they lock them both in the cage and uh, run off. Um, and then in the OR, Juliet takes... Uh, uh, charge, ordering the anesthesiologist to go get Kate and Sawyer back, killing them if necessary, um, as Jack uh, uh, realizes that she is not going to go along with his plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next flashback, Juliet uses a card to get into a medical bio-research building. Um mm-hmm. And it's very, it seems like it's pretty late at night. Uh, As she is walking through it, her phone rings and the person on the other end addresses her as Dr. Burke. 
uh, and they're confirming an appointment with uh, Dr. Alpert while she sneaks mm -hmm. around the hallways. Uh, and she sneaks into a building that has a refrigerator full of vials and different medication. Uh, she takes the vials um, and starts putting them in her purse when a man comes in with a woman. And it looks like they're probably on a really bad date. I mean. What are you talking about? <laughs> I think that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, you've never to wanted their to, own. You've never wanted to make out in uh, the hospital office room? No. Can't say that I have. You, you um, know how you know how hospitals are places that are just kind of they're pretty sexy. Like yeah. it's like a cool, sexy place. It's not some place that reminds you of death the second you walk in. No, it's a good spot for a first date. I, I yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> the the guy pushes the woman against a wall to kiss her, and it's getting very physical when Juliet's phone rings again. And she tries to sneak away, but uh, the man finds her and asks what she's doing there. And she says that she messed up something with the lab work and makes a really flimsy excuse. And he sees through it and asks uh, why it couldn't wait till morning. Um, if I were Juliet in this situation, I feel like her Aunt Day Juliet would do this too. Uh, mm -hmm. It'd be really easy to turn that around and be like, why are you bringing a date to a research facility? I mean, like, yeah, he's definitely well, the one in the wrong here. I think current day Juliet would shoot him with a gun. Yeah. To be uh, honest. Yes, <laughs> true, true. And I also don't think she would be wrong to do so. No, he's so uh, wormy. Yeah, he's a little slime ball. Yeah. He's great. I don't, I don't know his name offhand, but I feel like he... I've seen him in like a million things. I feel like oh, he shit. plays a hitman a lot. Oh yeah, I can see that. He looks like Hitman from the game. <laughs> yeah, well he's bald. He's bald. So he's got yeah. The, yeah, that's the main thing. Main thing you need. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I didn't look him up. Okay, shoot. I'll I'll try and look him up and maybe leave a tweet or something with his info. Um Sure. But he, the his date interjects herself into the interaction, and mm -hmm. Edmund, do you think what his name is, says, oh, excuse, excuse me, Sherry, this is Juliet, my ex-wife. Mm -hmm. Um, what a bomb. And he says that Juliet is just leaving, and she walks away. Uh, he says, Jules, could you please turn off the lights? <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Um, so like total scumbag, really mm -hmm. nasty interaction. Um, and I will say Juliet's ex-husband. One, I wish that we had gotten, I would love to have seen how their marriage went even a little bit. It seems impossible to me. Yeah. Um, but also I want to say that I think that his date also sucks. Not as bad as him, but like, what is she doing? Come on. Yeah. At some point, I mean... She should have just left. Yes. I don't know. Um, I would say maybe when she's when he's like rubbing his ex-wife's nose in it, that maybe she should be like, "Hey, maybe, I guess this is how she gets the job, though." Is how yeah. Is what it's implied later, so maybe mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, I also want to say, I think it's very funny that like they kind of. I mean, um, they Juliet is like extremely weak, essentially, in these flashbacks, like. Right. There's clearly been some growth that's happened, but one of the ways that they did that visually to signify it is to give her like kind of like a little bit curlier, frizzier hair, mm -hmm. which I just think is so funny that it's like, I guess we're supposed to think that like once she went to the tropical island, her hair just, she yeah. started straightening it. Like it, right. it, it would make so much more sense for it to be the other way around, but right. I guess that wouldn't, that wouldn't uh, be visually showing how weak she is. Um, but I also want to say that I think it looks better in the flashbacks, too. I think so, too. I, wish, I think she looks... I wish she had stuck with it. Great with curly hair. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, back in the operating room, Juliet tells Jack about the second island, so he finally, finally finds out about it. Uh, she says that they should come up with a peaceful resolution uh, so that he will stitch Ben back up, but Jack spills the beans about her... Wanting to kill Ben to Tom, and Tom sends Juliet out of the room. 
I um, didn't fully understand his motive for doing that. Was he just well, mad at her for, like, abandoning yeah. her? Yeah, or maybe he just didn't want her to try anything with Ben. Oh, sure. That that was my guess. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it honestly, it, feel, it feels like it's just they want to have the moment where Ben asks for Juliet later on. The dramatic mm-hmm. moment, so they had to have her leave the room. Because otherwise, it's like, yeah, you would still want her to stay. She at least could maybe do something right. if she has to. Um, Kate and Sawyer reach uh, the beach, but realize that they need a boat. Kate finally seeing the other island. Um, uh, they radio Jack, but are suddenly shot at by Pickett and the others. And the walkie-talkie is shot out of Kate's hand. Uh, the only which... good shot in this entire episode. <laughs> yeah, like... no, I know. <laughs> That's true. Painful. Yeah, it, it's, um, I know, everyone was just, like, kind of shooting wildly at each other. Uh, I do think that maybe if you have a choice between the extremely small target of the walkie-talkie or the people you're actually trying to kill, if it was me, I'd go for the people I was actually trying to kill, mm-hmm. but Why? I guess they got the walkie shot. Um they run through the jungle, and Sawyer just kind of haphazardly is shooting bullets behind him as he's running. And wouldn't you know it, he runs out of bullets. Um, they're about to get caught by one of the guards when Alex comes out of the woods yet again and slingshots him in the face. Um, and she leads them to a hiding place that she's dug out. And, like, I mean, this is truly, um, if we have any doubts about, like, her being Rousseau's daughter... She's, like, dug out, like, Vietnam-style pits in the jungle <laughs> to hide from people from. So, I think she's, uh, 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 she's doing great there. But, um, Sawyer calls Alex Sheena, based off uh, a comic from the 1930s called Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. I had to look that up. It, of course, is perfectly in line with the rest of Sawyer's references being about 60 years old for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he does not reference things. Well, actually, he references Star Wars in this episode, too. Uh, so I guess he has seen newer stuff. And by newer, I mean the 1980s. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, in the operating room, Tom asks Jack if Juliet really asked him to kill Ben. And Jack says yes when Ben suddenly wakes up in the middle of his surgery. uh, Presumably because they sent the anesthesiologist out of the room. uh, And he asked for Juliet. Uh, Now this, I will say, is a nightmare scenario for me. The idea of waking up during a surgery. uh, It fills me with dread to think about. Um, Yeah, seems bad. I've read in a few different places that... Redheads, which I'm a redhead, have mm-hmm. like different pain tolerances to okay. everyday people. So they get like a different kind of dose for anesthesia. Now, th- that is interesting, but I do want to address do you think of people as either redheads or everyday people? Yes. Because that's kind of insulting to us, I guess, <laughs> everyday. I mean, you might as well just call us muggles. Redhead or everyday people in yes. in my world, yeah. Um, yeah, you see, you're either a redhead <laughs> or you're you're part of the trash. Um, <laughs> yeah, no that that makes sense, uh, or it doesn't make sense, but that is uh, weird. Yeah, I feel I think I've weird. heard that before too. It it is odd. Yeah. My I said it makes sense because uh, my brother is a redhead and he's like allergic to morphine, but I don't think that that's oh, actually really? related. Yeah, which uh, is bad. <laughs> He's, yeah, wow. He, he had a really traumatic surgery and injury with his knee once, and it was no bueno. Oof. Felt bad for him. Oof. Um. Oh, I hope did he heal? Okay, is he doing okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. yeah, good, good, good. Yeah. Um. In the next flashback, uh, Sherry finds Juliet. He says that Edmund wants to see her in his office. And she's in full uniform. I didn't even really recognize her at first. Um, mm-hmm. and didn't it, recognize her with all those clothes on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that she is the new research assistant. So, yeah. You know she got the job. Um, I, see, I will say this is one of my favorite moments of the episode just because 
it, they really don't they understate it pretty well and they they don't like go too far into it but it makes it pretty obvious that like what happened to Juliet was essentially the same thing right of that's how she got the job and uh he kind of used his power over her from the beginning mhm right um Juliet goes to his office and Edmund just starts the conversation by saying that he wants in, which confuses Juliet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that he read her notes and knows what she took from the lab. And he asks her who uh, the guinea pig is. And she tries to cover it up, saying that it's her research and she's done everything on her own time. When Ed cuts her off and says, it's your sister, isn't it? And he tells her that there are only two ways that this plays out. So either her research is genius or she is unethical and there will be consequences. So basically kind of blackmailing her, I guess. Yeah, um, I think it's just straight up blackmail. Yeah. Like he's just being uh, a bad person here. For me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells her that if they work together, then she'll have him behind her and they can do a lot of good for people and celebrate their accomplishments and make him a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. Which is the part he doesn't say, but uh, is implied. So he yeah. says that he'll give her some time to think about it and then uh, leaves her alone. Yeah. I mean, I I think that the episode kind of doesn't touch it enough. But I will say that if Juliet did manage to, like, make a treatment that helped uh, either somebody who was currently going through chemotherapy or had recently gone through chemotherapy pregnant, uh, she would be essentially a miracle worker. <laughs> like, right, yeah. That would be some of the most incredible stuff uh, uh, medically, like, ever. So mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe he's right to blackmail her. I don't know. Uh um, back on the island, Alex, uh, tells Sawyer and Kate that she has a boat. Uh, Sawyer is suspicious, um, and she, Alex says that she needs help rescuing her boyfriend. And Sawyer asks if it's Carl, and then when she says yes, he, he begrudgingly helps. Which I think, uh, this is kind of cute, honestly, that Sawyer was like, alright, I'll stick up for Carl a little bit. Yeah, I like that. Um, Jack... Uh, agrees to let Ben and Juliet talk for three minutes. Uh, we don't hear their conversation ever, what they have to say, which I think was a good choice. Um, Tom <laughs> introduces himself to Jack in the like the viewing room above the OR. Um, I-, I will say that Tom has in- endeared himself to me this episode. I know that he's like a villain and he like stole, kidnapped Walt and all that kind of stuff, but he is pretty funny. <laughs> In this mm-hmm. episode, I think. I like his... He's kind of the the other's Hurley. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Juliet starts crying and then uh, walks out and asks Jack to finish up the surgery. Uh, and Jack says, why would I do that? And she says, because she's going to go out and help Sawyer and Kate escape. In the next flashback, Juliet is being pitched to uh, or recruited by a company called uh, Middleos Bioscience. I hope I said that right. Yeah. Um, and the pitch is being done by uh, Nestor Carbonell uh, or yeah. Dr. Alpert. He's playing Dr. Alpert. Um, he's known for the Bates Motel and the Morning Show, but I think... People probably recognize him the most from The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises as Mayor Anthony Garcia. I feel like that was a huge break for him. Did you recognize him? Yes. Well, I mean, I recognized him in those movies as being from Lost. Because I think Dark Knight came out in 2008, if I remember right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, this is in 2007. Um, He's just got a very distinctive look. He's very um, handsome for a man. He yes, and I will say that he, you know, typically, you know, I'll just say typically. I don't know. Most men don't need eyeliner, but out of all men, he needs eyeliner the least. 
He's yes. got something going on with his eyes. <laughs> yes, where he j- it's it's just natural. He looks mm-hmm. like a like a like a, a hieroglyph of like an Egyptian pharaoh. Yes, yeah. Um, but totally. yeah, good looking man, and he's mm-hmm. he's fun. Uh, he, I like him in this episode. I think he puts it on the like the kind of charm slash creepiness exactly enough. Yeah, like the sinister charm. Yeah, he does such a good job with that. Um, mm-hmm. yes. So, uh, he's showing her pictures of the campus, um, and the people on the slides, uh, are obviously photoshopped in front of some, like, apartment building, like... What do you mean? <laughs> Those are real photographs of real people. Why not just, like, go get stock photos? I know that there are stock photos, even yeah. back then. There has so. to be. Yeah. Um, weird choice, but I'm here for it. And, uh, he says that everyone who works, uh, there is, is really happy because the company is privately funded and he emphasizes that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Louise. Stuck on the chair. I'm sorry. Could you hear that? that? Could you hear Louise? Okay. Okay. Hopefully that doesn't show up on the audio um okay okay uh so uh he says that everyone who works at the company is really happy because the company is privately funded uh he emphasizes that mm-hmm. quite a bit um and then Which he- is i think typically like a dog whistle right for like we're trying to figure out how to um you know on the human genome Right, or, how to improve yeah. states' rights or something like that. Like, I feel like privately funded is, I mean, you know, maybe it's better than government funded, I guess. I don't know. There's an agenda there. Yes, right? for sure. So, um, he starts showing her pictures of, like, people biking and hiking in Oregon. And he cuts him off and tells him that uh, she was flattered to be reached out to by the company, but... She is confused why the company would want her. And he asks her, isn't it true that you impregnated a male field mouse? Which mm-hmm. is this like incredible and intricate science that would absolutely change the world. And it's so unsettling to me that they're talking about it like it's some cute, like cheeky thing that Juliet yeah. accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's when the sinister start started kind of bubbling through for me um and he shows her another slide of a womb that i guess looks like it's of a 70 year old woman but the woman is in fact in her mid-20s and it's kind of the hook for juliet um because she wants to know what happened to her and he tells her that the company he works for will give her all the money and time that she needs to figure it out uh, so they want her to lead a team of really trained people to do the kind of research that she loves. Uh, but she stops him and says that her ex-husband would never let her have any opportunity like this. The only way to convince him uh, to let her do something like this would be to hit him with a bus. Uh, mm-hmm. And Juliet breaks down and cries and tells them that she's sorry for wasting his time. Uh, and that whatever the recruiter thinks she is, she's not. She's not a leader. She's a mess. Yeah. Um, I think a pretty good performance from Elizabeth Mitchell here, because mm-hmm. I do buy all of that. And I also buy her on the island. Like, she does a really good job of, like, walking the line between, like, uh, Ice Queen and... But what are like Bridget Jones or whatever she is in the flashbacks? Like, yeah, uh, um, yeah. Uh, there's a very small scene <laughs> that uh, I only really want to talk about. It, Juliet finds Sawyer and Kate on the cameras and is surprised to see that Alex is with them. I just want to talk about it because she does this like really exasperated, like, "Well, hell," uh, mm-hmm. that I thought was very funny. Um, uh, Alex brings Sawyer and Kate to the, like, prison. I mean, we'll talk about it in a sec, whatever this thing is. Uh, which is guarded by Aldo, who is played by Rob McElhenney. 
um, of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is for sure the thing people most know him from. Uh, have are are you an Always Sunny? Have we talked about? Are, are I you love an It's Sunny Always fan? Sunny. Okay, yeah, yeah me too. I, it's one of the. I, I will say I haven't watched probably the last like six or seven seasons, mm-hmm. um, just because that's about when I got rid of cable, and then now it's on Hulu, and I need to catch up and all that. But uh, at, at least up until the point when I stopped watching it, one of the most like consistently funny shows. Like it just was never bad. There was yeah. never episodes where I was just like, well, that kind of sucked. Like, it was just always funny. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's one of the only shows that I can't binge watch, though, because sure. they're all so early. So I'm like, yes. I can only do so much of this, but it's so funny. Yeah. Every it's time a bad world to it. live in, for sure. Yes, yeah. Um, And, you know, I hate to say this about him. Because, as we've talked about on the podcast, he is, uh, uh, very, like a, I would say, hostile work environment creator, kind of racist, bad boss, but Damon Lindelof apparently does have good taste in comedies because he is a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and mm. they had not been on, I don't, I don't remember when that show started, but the, it hadn't been on the air very long in 2007. Um, it is probably only been the first couple seasons um and uh but damon lindelof is a fan and invited uh rob McElhenney to come on the show so that's how we get this little cameo Interesting. um i wrote in my notes that alex pulls the wookie prisoner trick and then as i was watching the episode um sawyer straight up calls it out a couple seconds later so i guess uh, great minds think alike uh, but he, she brings up Sawyer and uh, Kate, pretending that she captured them in the woods, and I guess tied them both up and then led them. Like that's such a funny idea that she just did that. Well, she does have a slingshot though, so yeah. Um, Aldo is uh, scared of her dad, who we find out is Ben. Uh, he he calls Ben, uh, and but as he's uh, using the walkie-talkie, Sawyer tackles him. Um, they're trying to get Aldo to tell them where Carl is. Uh, he's not talking, so Kate <laughs> grabs the rifle from Sawyer and is about to shoot him in the knee, uh, when he tells them that Carl's inside room 23, so they, uh, knock him out. We get a classic lost KO. Um, and, uh, that's pretty much it for Rob McElhenney in this episode. Uh, he's, just a heads up, he's not going to be showing up <laughs> too much more, I think. I think he might show up in a future episode, but I, I, if he does, it's not very consequential. Um, I Is do... Is this a bit of a, like, a one-off thing? I don't even think it's really worth mentioning, but I think it's funny, the timing of mm-hmm. this episode that we're watching. Um... The speaking of it's always sunny. Mc, mm-hmm. One of the McPoyle brothers is in uh, this limited series called Rose Red, which is a Stephen King uh, oh, it, book. Yeah, I think I've even talked about it before on the podcast. Like, I was obsessed with this limited series that came out, and it came out in I think like two thousand five. Um, and then I never found it again. It's on Hulu. So I was watching it, uh, this last week and one of the McPoyles is in the Rose Red series. And then so is Locke's dad. Oh, okay. He, he really somebody in it too. So yeah, just, he's got to be real old at this point, right? Well, the Rose Red came out in 2005. So it was like right around the same time. Yeah. Yeah, younger than I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's um, just interesting to see all these like little side characters uh, in other things. Yes, is it the um, is it the blonde one? The uh, McPoyle. Yes. Yep. Okay, that's Jimmy Simpson, I think. And uh, I will say he is like anytime he's a guest star or something on a show, you always know like that episode is going to rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's always good. He's always good. He's yeah. like one of those guys. He has such a weird, distinctive uh, uh, face too. Yes, I, he you, does. 
you never watched Psych, did you? Uh, no, I watched the Twin Peaks episode, but no oh, other. Okay, sure. <laughs> he plays a character named Mary on Psych, and he's okay. like genuinely very funny uh, on that one. Um, but yeah, the uh, um, uh, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's good a good actor. dramatic actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, once they head inside the this like weird little prison. Uh, they uh, they go to room twenty three. Um, following along our number convention, we it's been a minute since we've had to deal with them. Uh, they find Carl strapped into some sort of like brainwashing chamber. Uh, this is very weird. Uh, um, there's a bunch of like random images going up on the screen, and there's all these uh, like sayings going across it, like. We are the causes of our own suffering, and God loves you as he loved Jacob. Like, that kind of thing. It's uh, it's very off-putting. It's like a weird version of a clockwork orange. Yes. But we don't have to see anybody's, like, eyelids forced yes. open, so yes. that's great. I was kind um, of dreading that maybe being yes. a thing, but apparently yeah. they didn't do that. Yeah, they just gave him uh, magnifying glasses, which is cool. Uh, they they pull Carl out, but he's pretty much unresponsive, so Sawyer has to carry him. Uh, and then Alex asks, hey, is he all right? And Sawyer says, all right, well, we saved him, so where's the boat? <laughs> like, he's immediately down to business. Um, a little bit later, after they've left, presumably, uh, Pickett comes up and finds Aldo knocked out. Um, and he tells him uh, that Alex was with him. Uh, Juliet comes to tell Pickett that Ben wants to let them go, but Pickett doesn't believe her. Uh, in the next flashback, Juliet gets home and her sister is waiting for her. Mm-hmm. And she asks how the interview was and Juliet says that it's not for her and she doesn't want to do it. Uh, what's the point in going to work for a research facility when her research doesn't work? Um, and her sister tells her that it does work. She is pregnant. Um, but she's also really sick, so she needs to get better. And they kind of hug and and have a moment together. Uh, in the next scene, um, it's focused on Ed, who is talking to his mom. I love this. This is, this is genuinely just very funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, and telling her that she's insufferable and mean. Um, mm-hmm. And they're just doing a really good job of est- establishing how much he hates women. Like, yeah. And this sons. man hates, yeah, women. All yeah. women, including his mom. Yes. Yeah. Um, Juliet finds him and he hangs up on his mom. And he tells Juliet, or she um, tells him that her sister Rachel is pregnant. And uh, he is kind of amazed at first. And and then he says that he needs to check the labs to verify the data. Uh, and they kind of start arguing with each other. Um, she tells them that she's not interested in publishing. And um, he starts to kind of push back on this. And he steps into the road. And then wouldn't you know it, he gets hit by a bush. Yes. Yeah. Which... Um... If you, like, look earlier in the scene, the bus is just, like, chilling on the side of the road, like, very clearly waiting for him. Mm. Um, now, I don't know about you, I, after I saw this scene, I paused the episode, and then I went to Wikipedia, and I looked up what year Mean Girls came out. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out it was 2004. Okay. So, I don't know if this was an homage, or maybe a ripoff, who knows, but... Yeah, it's a it's a similar scene for sure. Mean Girls came oh. on two thousand four. Isn't that weird? Doesn't it feel like wow. it should have been like much later? Yes. Um. Oh my god, it's gonna be twenty years old next year. Can't think about that. Moving. Oh my on. god. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Uh, and this, I guess, this is why I said Tom was there, Hurley, because he's also 
uh, bad about blood and um, Jack he he says like yeah I really don't like blood and then Jack's like oh you don't want to look at this thing then and like holds up some I guess piece of tumor or something that he's pulling out mm-hmm. of Ben's back and kind of wiggles it around and makes him gag um, uh, like I said he is uh, a little bit endearing himself to me here uh, Jack accidentally nicks an artery so as opposed to the one he did previously, this one was an accident. Um, we get that big blood spurt, too. Mm-hmm. You, you love to see it. Uh, it I, I will say, whatever they got going on on his back looks pretty gross. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> every time they show it in this episode. Um, Kate's group finds Alex's boat. Uh, they're putting Carl in it and setting it up and pushing it out uh, to the ocean when uh, Pickett shows up. And, of course, uh, since, as Kate said, people call him Pickett, uh, Carl does call him Danny here. Uh, I genuinely would not be surprised if uh, Kate was the only person to call him Pickett throughout the entire show. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's very funny that they only call him Danny. Uh, which is why I've been calling him Pickett this whole time. i got to stick up for my girl Kate. Um, he, uh, he really doesn't say anything, and it's pretty clear he's just going to start killing. Um and uh, Juliet says, uh, Danny, and he turns and looks, and she shoots him before he can kill Sawyer. She shoots uh, him, like, three times, too. Yeah, like. she she makes sure he's dead, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, she lets everybody go, except for Alex, who she says, well, you know how your father is. He'll kill Carl if you go, too. And Alex just kind of accepts this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot wait until we get some dynamic between... Ben and Alex. We have not, yeah. I don't think they've shared a scene yet. Uh, no. so he asked I, I about her that one time, but that's yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, I guess, been implied this whole time, but I do think it's a pretty decent little reveal that, uh, that he's uh, her dad, uh, mm-hmm. in quotes. Uh, Alex gives a, a tearful goodbye to Carl. Um, Juliet gives Kate her walkie, and uh, Kate tells Jack that they're okay, uh, and tells him the story that he told her in episode one about cutting open uh, the nerve sac and uh, counting to five. Um, she didn't say angel hair pasta, though. I know, which seems like that would be the... That. I know. It seems like that'd be the only detail. That's definitely the detail I remember about that story yeah. the most, because <laughs> it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack tells her, he says... I want you to promise that you're not going to come back for me. And then she says, what? And then he says, all right, turn off the, the walkie, which I think is funny. That he's, I guess, wasn't super concerned about uh, getting that promise. Uh, but uh, they uh, they paddle off towards the mainland. Sawyer, Kate, and the unconscious Carl. Mm-hmm. In uh, the last flashback... Um... And I think I'm just going to do both of these together. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Perfect. Um, in the last flashback, Juliet is with Edmund at the morgue and she identifies his body. Uh, she goes to sign the paperwork when she breaks down and cries. And who comes in but serial killer Ethan um, mm-hmm. Who comes Presumably in? Presumably, he unzipped himself out of a body bag on like <laughs> yes. the next table over. <laughs> yeah, they should have kept that part in. Um, yes, <laughs> but he gives her a tissue, and she asks if they've met before. When Alpert comes in at the morgue, and he says yeah. that uh, Ed was hit by a bus, and. That is exactly what she mentioned in her interview. Okay, so I will say this is my least favorite part of the episode. I it, it kind of like uh, in Claire's episode mm-hmm. in season one, where like Charlie at the end is like, "But wait, if the psychic wanted you to get on the plane, uh, then he would know. He knew that it was going to crash like that." Um, mm-hmm. They just spell it out. They just don't have enough faith in their viewers to figure it out. I right. kind of wish that she it, there had been kind of like just been a 
maybe like a look of realization coming over Juliet, but she didn't have to like say it out loud. <laughs> right. Yeah. I am right there with you. I think that they could have left that little part out. Yeah. Um, but the way that they like build it up with the music too, while like all of this is kind of unfolding, I thought was mm-hmm. so, I thought that part was well done. I like that. Part. Oh yeah. I, this is very like this. It, it makes Richard seem very menacing, which yes. is perfect. Mm-hmm. So she asked him again why he's there. And he says that he is very serious about her working for their company. And he mentions that Rachel is pregnant, which catches Juliet off guard because, of course, she hasn't told anybody except for mm-hmm. Ed. Um, and she is kind of realizing the gravity of what's going on and asks if her sister can come with. And he says that they're way too remote to make that work. They're not actually in Oregon. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of this happens with very sinister music in the background. So obviously uh, she's been recruited to the island um, for her research capabilities. Yeah. Um. The, I, I will say there's probably like four points during this uh, scene where she should have just run. Yes. Like yeah. definitely when they first, when he shows up in the morgue, like if I'm that guy and I want to, I guess he really wants to drive the point home. Like we're, we're willing to kill your ex-husband for you. Yeah. Um, and also like, what will we do to your sister if you don't come with us? Yes, that's true, too. Think about what we're capable of. Um, I think if they're going to make it that direct, though, they definitely should have had, like, her flashback in this flashback to, like, a slow-mo shot of the bus driving by, only to see Richard is driving it wearing, like, the full, like, Like bus driver. Like, like, yes, exactly. And he's got the hat on and everything. Um, (laughs) I think that would have really tied it together. (laughs) Um, uh, after the surgery uh, Juliet goes up to Jack up in the viewing room asking if he was able to remove the tumor Uh, he says yes he was and that they're going to have to biopsy it to see if it's malignant Um, and he asks is well am I just going to go back to my cell now Uh, Juliet says, uh, yes, until they know what to do with you. And Jack kind of keys into the fact that she said they, not we. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Juliet, uh, he asks what Ben said to her, uh, to get her to help and demands an answer. And she says that she's been on the island for three years. uh, And she has, you know, the full three years, two months, whatever days. Um, and, uh, she says that, uh. Uh, Ben told her that if she helped, that he would let her go home. And uh, that is the end of the episode. As we kind of get the the final shot of Jack's face realizing that she has also been a prisoner this whole time. Uh, which is great. Um, I do like that it tie Like, just the flashbacks tie it together so perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, this this whole thing of, like, they make it... A little bit too obvious, but I'm, I think it works fine that she is changed on the island. Like, she's just such a stronger person now. Obviously, the old Juliet would never have shot somebody and killed them. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, like, the fact that she still is has, like, fallen into the same cycle is... I, I don't know. It's really great. It's... Um, I can't wait till we see more of what happens with her. Yeah, that's um, some good TV right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this was, I, I gotta say, I agree with you. This feels like a 10 out of 10 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see, do viewers agree on the IMDb? This one came in ranked at number 50, which I probably would have put it a little bit higher, but that still is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 50 out of 118. Um, I think I would have put it in the 40s or 30s. Yeah, I think so. I for sure, yeah, I think I for sure would have gone up to to 30s um mm-hmm. but it's hard to say maybe one of the once we finish this we can have an episode that's just us ranking in order yeah. all of the episodes right. it'll just be us doing maybe i'll even we can just layer them over each other uh so it's completely incomprehensible um 
Next week, it, Season 3, Episode 8, Flashes Before Your Eyes, which is a Desmond episode. Yay! Um, so I gotta say, we're eating good here, folks. We got us a Juliet and now a Desmond episode. I, I mean, I guess I, I truthfully, I don't remember what these flashbacks are about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to see which one this is. Uh, but I, the last Desmond episode was fantastic. So I'm, I'm excited to see what these flashbacks are like. We haven't seen him in a while, too. I'm kind of no, they've missing been, Desmond. They've been kind of slow playing him. Like, he is a part of the main cast now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've just, they haven't used him too much. It was mostly all focused on Locke and uh, Echo um, mm. on the other side of the island. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, I think that should pretty much do it for this episode. Um, you can, uh, uh, give us a, a rating, you can share, subscribe, uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Emma, any idea how many stars they should be giving us on these ratings? Would love to see five stars. Yeah, I would love to see that too. So that would be, uh, one star for every, I got nothing this episode, sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, you can also tweet at us at allthebestpods on twitter slash x.com. You can email us allthebestpodcast at gmail.com. And until next week, get lost. Get lost.